Hello everyone. Welcome to Change and Thrive. I'm your host, Dr. Wendy Heckelman, founder and CEO of WH Consulting and Learning Solutions. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and select the notification bell. That way, you'll never miss an episode. A few weeks ago, we started a series on what organizations can do to create a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive culture in response to the national dialogue on racism and social justice. We like to think of organizational commitment to DEI on a spectrum. The first starts with awareness of individual and group biases and the moves to assessment of work culture and work practices, and then moves into action. Using these insights from assessment to take deliberate action. And in order to meaningfully move the needle, these actions need to occur on three levels. First, at the organizational level. Second, at the manager, direct report level. And lastly, at the individual level. This episode is going to break down how to have genuine change across all of these levels. So first, let's talk about what needs to happen at the organizational level. Senior leaders need to clearly communicate, model, and reinforce the values and beliefs that they want the organization in their culture to have. And they also need to, after assessing their work practices and systemic inequalities, senior leaders must push to adapt policies and practices to support DEI initiatives and take a definitive stance against all inequities. So first, let's talk a little bit about defining and reinforcing values to support an inclusive culture. At WH Consulting, we use the BEAR model for culture transformation work, which starts at the foundation of beliefs to make sure that the organization has defined and communicated those core beliefs and values. The second component is experiences. What commitments and experiences will senior leaders make to reinforce the desired values and beliefs? In our experience, if you can define the beliefs and values and leaders can cascade and make commitment to those experiences that reinforce the values, that drives to action and results. I'd like to provide you a brief example. We were working with an animal health medicines company that was truly committed to DEI, not only within their organization, but with supporting veterinarian medicines hospitals to ensure that they had more diversity. So what happened was we worked with the organizational leader and his direct reports and spent time defining the core values. And they were integrity, empowerment, accountability, inclusivity, equity, and then open and transparent communication. And after they had spent time landing on their core beliefs and values, we held a series of sessions with the leaders to identify the experiences they would personally commit to that would help shape a person's beliefs that they saw those values in action. And this organization then cascaded this approach 
to all levels of the organization. Now, the second component at the organizational level is to recognize that a systemic problem requires a systemic solution around the practices of talent management, career advancement, pay equity, rewards from recognition, flexible work arrangements, as well as talent development. These practices were not originally set up to be biased, but many times that they are not as inclusive as they ought to be. And we've done a lot of work in the retention of high-performing talent, um, especially women and minorities. And what we have found is sometimes without clear criteria, people are not aware of what those practices are. At the organizational level, to provide you an example, we had worked with a client who was interested in creating a wider bench of potential leaders. And since this organization had a leadership competency model and everybody had gone through assessments, 360 assessments, what we did is we worked with the senior leader and the head of talent development and said, which of these competencies were the most important? And we rated some of them. We essentially created what's a nerdy term to say sort of a regression equation, which allowed us to say, these certain characteristics of the leadership competency model were really the most important. And what happened is we ran the group of employees through this regression. What happened was something pretty profound. People that you might not have identified as potential leaders, names appear. And what happened was that the organization decided now that they had run through this filter to purposely look at the individuals that had these ratings and include them as part of their targeted talent management and talent planning process, which was really a big win for this organization, that it had opened and broadened the bench of not just who you knew immediately, but who might have the capabilities to be great future leaders. The third element is you need to shift resources and commitment from mentorship to sponsorship. Here's what we know. Women and minorities are over-mentored and under-sponsored. And what an organization needs to do is to have a deliberate strategy. So work with those individuals that have mentees and identify the few superstars, those high potentials, and start to sponsor them, provide them meaningful opportunities, provide opportunities for visibility and special projects, and advocate for them, and really shift that focus from just mentoring passively to sponsorship, which is advocation. The questions you should be asking at the organizational level is does your organization have core values related to diversity, equity, and inclusion? Are these goals clear for achieving diversity in the organization? And are there efforts to measure and assess employees' commitment to DEI? At the manager-employee level, managers need to create a team culture that is inclusive, equitable, and welcomes diversity of thought because managers are the interpreters of organizational policies and practices, and then translate those and apply them to their employees. So if an organization has a policy around flexible work arrangements, 
that manager needs to be equitable and interpret those policies across their organization. And this is where awareness comes back to play, that managers need to be consciously aware of their biases. I wanna give you an example. Through our research of a few years ago, we looked at how retention of high-performing women and women of color in the pharmaceutical industry. And what we found is that many women left because they did not have career advancement opportunities. And we worked with a client that had all managers go through training on how they led their teams to be more inclusive. We provided them tools to run sessions with their direct reports, to have candid discussion regarding conscious and unconscious bias. And then we made sure that these managers were clear around the criteria for career advancement and would work with all of their employees to provide as many opportunities as possible. The questions we should be asking at the manager employee level are one, are team leaders and managers provided bias training to help them recognize when unconscious biases impact decisions? Two, are team leaders and managers translating policies and practices in a fair and equitable manner? And within the team, do individuals feel included? And at the individual level, the focus turns to supporting individual awareness of bias, as well as behavior change in terms of what employees need to start, stop, and continue doing to create a culture of diversity, equity, and inclusivity. Because diversity and equality and inclusion mean very different things to different people. And it is critical that all individual employees respect individual differences. And it is the questions that we should be asking at the individual level is are individuals encouraged to speak up to promote diversity of thought? Are individuals leaving the organization because of culture? Are employees participating in bias training? And is agility welcomed and purposely developed? So as we close out today's podcast, I want to share with you to be on the lookout later this month. We'll be going in depth with case study account styles of taking action in the pharma environment. And as we close out today's podcast, I'd like to leave you with three key takeaways. One, for organizations to create a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive organization, they need to take specific action at three levels, the organizational, the team, and individual level, and that organizations need to ensure that their core beliefs and values of their culture promote inclusivity and equity. And lastly, you need to think of culture transformation and organizational change as a marathon, not a sprint. You need to take deliberate actions and then more actions and make sure that there is commitment along the way. So as we close out today and you are ready to embark on your journey to make meaningful change to create a diverse, equitable, and inclusive culture, feel free to reach out. We're providing consulting services at WLH Consulting to our clients. And if you're ready to embark on your change journey, 
check out our new book, Change and Thrive, A Modern Approach to Change Leadership. I'm Dr. Wendy Heckelman. Thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Have a wonderful rest of your week.